Good morning and uh, welcome to our online services. Thank you for not forsaking the gathering together as we join together by way of uh, uh, internet and the video series as we walk through the advent of Christ's coming. And this is uh, the third week as we step in to uh, another part of just anticipating the coming of Christ. And my prayer is that we would really catch hold and maybe for the first time ever catch that picture of how Jesus Christ coming into this world changed our world and gave us hope and uh, that excitement that encourages us and builds into us. Because uh, we want to look at what that is like from as we continue in this uh, study and looking at Luke and maybe you prayed this prayer. Uh, I know it came off my lips this past week. Uh, Lord, I know you are the only one that can fill the empty heart of the soul. You're the only one. I know that. But why is it, Lord, that we actually try to find people to fill that emptiness that only you can fill? Why is it that... I'd look to things to fill that cup that only you can fill. My prayer today is that you will see that Jesus Christ is the only one that can fill that cup. And may you be encouraged and built up today. Because when you actually catch hold of the message, the, the, the good news of this Christmas season... It should create a, a reaction in us, a response. Let me share it this way before we get to the text. As a teenager, I was on a blind date, and we met in this hotel room with a bunch of us, and there was this blind date that I could look up to, but she brought her sister, and, and I looked at her, and she gave me that smile. And then when I talked to her, say hi, she had these cute little dimples. And I'm like, I need to pursue this girl. I need to know more of who she is. And I went on a pursuit to get to know her. Actually, every night, I would pursue her, get to know her. Not stalking, we actually got together. And uh, we hung out together night after night, and I got to know her. And eventually, we got married. But I pursued this girl. I'm hoping you will catch the picture. When we think of God's pursuit of you, what response do you have? Uh, look up uh, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Uh, and let's look at what, how much God loves you. And how we can respond to him. Luke chapter 2. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bring clarity to my own words. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would be speaking into each and every one that is listening. That we would hear the message. Your message. And respond to it. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke uh, chapter 2, we'll take a look at this. To reject or to pursue. That's really what we're going to come down to today. To reject or pursue. 
And we have to make a decision. When you hear the good news, okay? Luke chapter 2. In the same region, there were shepherds out of the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, the same region is referring to where Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem. So here's Bethlehem, and then the surrounding areas of Bethlehem are these fields. And after a harvest, the, the shepherds who... The lowly shepherds, they were, you know, it's not like they pursued shepherdhood. They probably were born into it, and they weren't really uh, high up on the society list. And so the shepherds would be able to go in these fields after the harvest and feed off what was left. So the shepherds would be out in the fields, and they would be caring for their flock by night. And, you know, we picture night as streetlights and... Can you imagine the darkness of dark? They are in the night. And so their eyes are adjusted to trying to watch over the shepherd, over the sheep at night. So, and then all of a sudden, an angel, whoa, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you imagine how bright that would be? And and they were filled with great fear from darkness to light. And so they're like, whoa. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So you almost want to forget about all this other stuff, but the shepherds were freaked out. And they say, don't freak out. I have good news. This is what the gospel is all about. The good news of great joy that is for all the people, not just for the high and mighty those in authority, not just for the Pharisees, not just for the kings and emperors. It was, the message came to lowly shepherds. So this is for all the people. And I'm coming to you to share this message of great joy. This is what will fill your cup. You got this void in your life, this emptiness you're trying to fill. Well, here's good news of great joy that's going to fill that. It says, that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. Somebody that was going to save you. Someone that was going to be the Messiah. The one that would care for you. I'm pursuing you. I love you. Here's the message, shepherds. Look at this is good news for everyone. And what happens? Whoa, how's this going to happen? Well, he explains how it happens. Just if you are in doubt, shepherds, here's what's going to take place. This is going to be a sign for you because we need signs because we don't believe, we doubt. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, in a feeding trough. I can't get over that. Uh, In a feeding trough for animals. That is where the King of Kings and Lord of Lords comes. The lowliest of low. And suddenly there, there was with the angel. Right in the midst. I mean, they're listening to the angel saying, this is what's going to take place. And then boom, there is a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Again, what will fill the emptiness of the soul? The <laughs> peace among those whom he is, he is pleased. And the angels went away from them and went off into heaven. 
Okay, you got the picture. We have the shepherds out on the field. Mary and Joseph are in a barn. All this excitement. And poof, there's darkness again as the angels leave. What do you think the shepherds were doing? Saying, whoa, that was pretty cool. Uh, what a powerful message. Man, that message was great. Yeah, okay. And then they went back to caring for their sheep. Just reject back. Respond. Yeah, good message. That was pretty cool. Must have been talking to the wrong person. It didn't relate to me. Nothing. Yeah, I couldn't be believed. I mean, uh, we're just shepherds. The message can't be for me. But you say, yeah, it was a good message. It must be for somebody else. But how did the shepherds respond? How did they respond? The shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The personal. God has spoken to us. And they went in haste. They didn't just dot along and say, hey, pretty good message. No, that message made them on a pursuit to check this out. And who better to go and find Jesus in a haystack? Uh, the shepherds would have known every barn there was. And so anyways, uh, so they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, just as the angel said. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this. A child. And all who heard it wondered of what the shepherds were talking about. This was me. They couldn't keep quiet. They had to tell people. Like, whoa, we were in the fields. These angels. And we went and there was Jesus just as the angels had said. Mary treasured. Whoa. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in their heart. But the shepherds, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen and had been told to them. It changed their life. They couldn't be quiet. Powerful message. When we think of the advent of Christ's coming and we realize God's pursuit of the human race what a message. This Christmas message is amazing. So let's look at the message. It's good news. It's of great joy. It's for everyone. This message that we look at, at Christmas after Christmas, that we, we hear this story, true story, historical story. And maybe you're just tuning in. Uh, you've never heard the story before. A powerful message that God pursues you, pursues me, pursues everyone. Fascinating story of the power of God's love. I, I can't but think, you know, when God enters into the world, he brings the message to lowly shepherds. When Jesus leaves the world and he dies on that cross, he takes a thief with him. A thief, when he recognizes who Jesus is, Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
interesting. It's not kings and queens. It's not celebrities, not great religious leaders. The message comes to the lowly shepherds. It comes to a thief in the end when he dies on the cross. This message is the only message that will fill the emptiness of the soul. Only Jesus can do that. If we recognize this powerful message that he is pursuing you and me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved you, me, that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This is the greatest message of ever. And we try to fulfill uh, the satisfaction, this void in our life through things and through relationships. And Jesus is the only one that can fill it. What a message. And so we hear this message that God is pursuing you. Uh, someone put it this way. The love of God pursues us and follows us all the days of our life, even when we fail. Even when life is hard, even in COVID, I add. And even when we find ourselves in dark places, his love never fails. He always pursues us. In John 10.10, the thief comes to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And life to the fullest. Life abundantly. Again, who can fill the void, the emptiness in your heart? Can Christmas gatherings fill the void of emptiness? Can things fill the void of emptiness? The Christmas message is Jesus is the one that fills the cup of your life. And makes it overflow. I have tried in my life to try different things to fill the emptiness in my life. It was that night that I came to Jesus when I heard the message for the umpteenth time. And I finally responded with not rejection. But I responded and received that that message of God's pursuit for me was real. Because we can respond in so many different ways. But when we hear the good news, how do you respond? How do you respond to such good news? You know, it's like, duh. But for some reason, we reject. For other reasons, we don't believe. It just, we can't believe. But the shepherds, made the wise choice. The shepherds heard the good news of great joy and they didn't hesitate. They responded and pursued this God that loved them. Pursued the message and found Jesus. And for some of you that are struggling through that saying, well, what do I do? I like to, I tell people, if you really want to know if God is real, you've heard the good news, 
if you really want to know, is this for real? From a sincere heart, you say, God, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me? Because he's been pursuing you. He's been knocking on your door. But have we been listening? We've been pushing it aside. We've been rejecting it. That's what I did. I rejected it for years. I'm like, yeah, I've heard the gospel. I heard the good news. Yeah, it's not for me. I'm not going to give up my life. But man, when it comes to that place of saying, God, will you show me? He will. In Luke chapter uh, 11, uh, it says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's like God is there. He wants to give you. And the text is about giving you the Holy Spirit, which is another sermon. But to recognize how much God loves you. And he wants to give you. He wants to fill that cup, that soul that is empty, and make it overflow. The natural response is to question it. And that's okay. But the shepherds, they responded. They pursued. They wanted to pursue the one that loved them. Will you do that? I like to say, you know, even in our pursuit, you know, when I hear people say, well, I did my devotions, may I encourage you to pursue, to be devoted to to getting to know Jesus, to getting to know the one who loves you. Pursue. You know, marriage note, if you want to continue in love in your marriage and keep it healthy, continue to pursue the one who loves you. Pursue them. Get to know them more and more. Spend time with them more and more. Get to know everything about them. So this God that loves you, that can only fill your soul, pursue. The natural response, as the shepherds did in pursuing, I encourage you, pursue them. Don't just do my devotions, I read my Bible, I did my prayers. No, fall in love with him once again. Pursue him. Just as I pursued Linda and I got to know her. And more and more, every night, I would go and meet with her. Pursue God that way. It is the sweetest thing ever. This is the Christmas message, people. This is the advent of Christ coming. He's pursuing you. Will you respond to him? The natural outcome is it fills the heart and you can't keep quiet. You cannot keep quiet. Those shepherds, they made known. They were glorifying Jesus. They were like, woo, I'm in love. You know, and they're so excited uh, because somebody loves me. Just like, again, my relationship with Linda. And I make, she must have known I was pursuing her because every night I would go with her. I wanted to be with her. And maybe she didn't even recognize because one night, sitting in, our, in her parents' driveway in my Honda Civic, I told her I loved her. And she laughed. Yeah, crushed the heart of my being. But that pursuit, and maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're saying, well, yeah, sure, God loves me. No, let it register. Let it register. He loves you and he's pursuing you.
and respond. Some of us will go in doubt, like Linda. Uh, took a little longer to convince her that that love was there for her. God's love is there for you. And once you experience it, once you respond and say, Jesus, thank you for your love. I am going to pursue you. Even to the point where you get to this place of bending your knee and say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. For coming to earth and taking my sin on the cross and dying in my place. You love me so much. You have lifted my burden. You're the one who fills my cup. That I cannot be quiet. Andrew uh, shared his testimony last week of how seeking, trying to find that place that fills the cup that only Jesus could fill. Even to the point that he couldn't be quiet. He had to tell people. Surprisingly, he's like, whoa, I want to tell people. Because you can't be quiet. I'm in love. God loves me. And I'm in pursuit of him. I want to know him more. The natural response is to share that love with others. You cannot be quiet. We must speak up. We must share the good news. This Christmas, what better time to share the good news that God is pursuing you. God loves you. That he loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to come to die on a cross for my sins that I could be restored, that I could have abundant life, that I could have fullness. So if you are feeling dry, if you're feeling empty, and you want to blame the emptiness on government, you want to blame the emptiness on COVID, may I ask you today, where are you looking to fill the cup of your soul? May I encourage you to look to what Christmas is all about. God is pursuing you. Did you stop pursuing him? And you started pursuing things and people? My grandson, frustrated with Christmas and COVID, uh, he, he said at one point to his mom, like, what's the point of Christmas if we can't have family together? An interesting perspective. Because we were raised... My kids were always together. When they got married, they came back. When they had kids, they came back. At Christmas, we were always together. My grandkids were together with their cousins. And this Christmas, that is in question. And we try to scheme how to go around the guidelines uh, of restrictions. But the reality is, we won't be able to do what we've done in the past. And we grieve the loss. And my grandson's grieving the loss. But as I told my daughter, you know, when we were up north, our Christmas gatherings was always just our kids. It was the six of us. That was Christmas. That's what we were used to. The barbers in Madagascar, it's family. It's us here where you have connection with family and you can get together, we grieve that loss. But maybe we're looking to things and people to fill what only Jesus can fill. 
So this Christmas, this COVID Christmas, that has created so much challenges in the soul. We are grieving loss in so many ways. And we want to blame people. It's part of grieving. We want to get angry and we're on edge. May I just take, just take the moments, some time. If you are alone, may you know you're not alone. God is pursuing you. My prayer is that you will know God is present with you and that you would respond to him. Say, I am loved. I am not alone. I, this Christmas is going to be a special Christmas. It's different. It is different. It will be memorable. But may it be memorable in recognizing the most greatest gift ever, that God is in pursuit of you, that he loves you, he cares about you. And yes, this is challenging, but he wants to be right there. He wants to be the one that fills the emptiness of your soul. And maybe you've been a child of God for years. And God's saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. Will you pursue me every morning? Will you just say, I want to get to know the one that loves me? Would you want to be able to share that love with others? May I put a challenge out to you in the next couple of weeks? To phone as many people as you can. Open the church directory. I don't care who you phone. Just to phone people and say, Merry Christmas. You know God loves you. Do you know you are loved? What's your response to that message of good news? I'm going to pursue the one that loves me. I am going to pursue the one that loves me. And I want to tell everybody, I am loved by the God who created me. That is something to get excited about. So don't necessarily look around your house and say it's empty in here. Because when you are in love, man, that's all you can dwell on. It's like, I am loved. And you understand that for that, what we'll call puppy love, that first love. When you fall into that place of being overwhelmed, you know, that when I met Linda, I was just, whoo! Life was just so exciting. Oh, I have this sweet gal that I can be with. So sensitive, so kind, so caring. And today, as I continue to pursue her. And I was just reflecting on this this last week. I have still, almost 40 years later, over 40 years of knowing her, I have this gal that loves me. That loves me for who I am. That's, pretty, I, that's quite amazing, just that. But to be overwhelmed and let it flood over you. My my sister I was talking to this past week as well. And she was just had a moment. She's she was in a lot of pain, struggling with health issues. And it just uh, had this moment fled over her of Jesus dying on the cross, that cruel death, because he loved her. And he she too shared that with me just this past week. That moment. It, it didn't take away the pain but to know how much she was loved. This Christmas, may you grasp hold 
and know just how much you are loved. So we've gone through the message. The message of the good news naturally leads to a response. No matter where you are, a 50-year-old in Jesus, are you still pursuing him, the one who loves you? The natural outcome of that is to be spreading it, to say, God loves me. God loves me. I got to tell the world. <laughs> God loves me. Uh, I got to put it out on social media. I got to tell people. I got to phone people and say, here's the good news that fills the emptiness of my soul. It's Jesus. We got to do a phone blitz this week, next week, and tell people, God loves you. God loves me, and I'm pursuing him. Uh, that is the heart and prayer of this message today, that you hear that God so loved you that he is in pursuit of you. And it's usually when we finally come to that place of giving our heart to Jesus, saying, okay, thank you for loving me. I give myself to you. And you look back and you see, man, God's been calling me right all the way through because he loves you. He's the only one that can fill the emptiness of your soul. It's not the gifts. They last for a little while. I mean, you watch the grandkids. They're excited with their gift, but in moments, they're playing with the box, you know. Those gifts only last for a time of happiness. And we try to pursue happiness when the message, the good news of great joy is the only thing that will fill the soul. You will still have hard times. My sister that still had health issues, but knowing it's Jesus that fills the emptiness of the soul. So no matter where you are, hear the message of hope. Hear the message that we can look forward because I am in love by somebody that loves me so much. Pursue him. Get to know him more and more. And again, take a moment and just pause. Pause the video and just take a moment right where you are. And dwell on the message of good news. And if you've been filling your soul with things, with relationships, trying to, to, to fill that void, just bend a spiritual knee right now and say, Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you that you are pursuing me. And in turn, I receive that love. I receive the gift of salvation. And I am going to pursue you. Heavenly Father, I pray for each one listening right now. I pray that your spirit would be drawing us close to you. That we would actually hear the message of this good news that can fill my soul. And Lord, for those struggling, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them your presence, your grace, your mercy, that they would respond to you. Lord Jesus, speak. That we would not reject you this Christmas. That we would not push you aside.
but that we would receive your love, acknowledge it, and pursue it, that we could not be quiet, that we would have to be phoning people and telling people of this good news. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. May you experience the fullness of Jesus this week and the weeks to come.